Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is your host, Drew Allen, the millennial minister of truth. Captain, something fun happened. Well, I, I shared it with Captain. You know, it, it was it was kind of fun. You know, we, we were on here doing this show, uh, speaking to all of you, and uh, an Epic Times writer uh, picked up some of the stuff me and Captain are getting into here. So, you know, not that, not that we needed the uh, affirmation there, you know, that, that we're right and we're uh, uh, setting the news here. Uh, but we are. So welcome to the show. If you're if you're joining us for, for the first time, I was just the thought came to me just as that intro music was playing, Captain. I think that I might be able to make the COVID-19 virus that originated in a Wuhan lab of viro- virology. It was not the result of someone eating bat soup at a wet market in China. Uh, and what's going on in Ukraine. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. We'll get there eventually. This is going to be a whirlwind wind marathon of a show. I can tell you that right now uh, because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of backstory to, to start to explain and understand what exactly is going on, how this country has gone off the rails, and, you know, what's behind, well, 2020. We know that we were lied to repeatedly. We know that we cannot trust our government anymore. Um, And so we're going to get to the bottom of this today. Now, our media, I must say, as much as I like them, especially over CNN and the alternatives, I got to tell you, they're they're not being honest with us uh, about what this latest, right? The, The news cycle was filled with what today? You know, Sunday, I think it was uh, the Wall Street Journal claimed to have an exclusive. What was that exclusive? Well, an investigation conducted by the Department of Energy. Well, they have admitted that the virus originated in a in the Wuhan, you know, lab of virology. That that's not actually what the Department of Energy said, okay? The Department of Energy said that they assessed that there was a low likelihood that it originated in a Wuhan lab. In essence, the Department of Energy is just issuing this investigation, and what's their conclusion? It's inconclusive. That's really what's going on here. This Biden administration is not investigating the origins of COVID, and I really, Captain, I don't understand, unless they just want to get clicks and views, I, I actually don't understand why, you know, the big story, the way our side pitched it today was that, you know, th- they admitted that it originated in a Wuhan lab. That's act- actually not what happened. And I've got video clips coming up of playing uh, John Kirby and Jake Sullivan, uh, the two propagandists there, two of them in the Biden administration, and you'll see what I mean. Now, you know, before I get into what's going on and what I believe is going on, which is a cover up, okay, what you're experiencing, what you're witnessing right now by the Biden administration is a continued cover up of what happened in 2020 and 2019 with the release of this virus. And I can tell you right now, as a matter of fact, that our government helped create COVID-19. Fauci is the one who went around DARPA. Let, 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 let me just say this first, because we've got to have a primer on all this. You know, you're going to be the most informed audience in America after listening to this show about COVID and Ukraine. Now, now, now to back up, the EcoHealth Alliance, all right, they approached DARPA, all right, that's the research arm, the secretive research arm of the Department of Defense. They approached DARPA, I think it was around, it was in 2017 or 2018, and they gave them a proposal to conduct gain-of-function research on a coronavirus related to bats, right? 
They gave them the pro- proposal that would become COVID-19. And DARPA said no. DARPA said, we won't fund it. We won't entertain your proposal because we believe and ascertain that it's too dangerous and we don't want to be involved with it. So EcoHealth Alliance then approaches Fauci at the National Institutes of Health. And Fauci grants EcoHealth Alliance the funds to conduct that very research. So the real scandal here is that this research shouldn't have been happening in the first place. It was unlawful, it was illegal, and it was known to be dangerous. So dangerous that the the Department of Defense via DARPA turned this research down, refused to fund it. And so then Fauci funds it. Are you beginning to understand now why Fauci immediately denounced the Wuhan lab theory? They're protecting themselves. And it's much bigger than this one Wuhan lab. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, like I was saying, this is a cover-up. Um, the Trump administration had already begun an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Now, remember, Donald Trump, uh, it was in late January or February of 2020, came out and said that he had seen evidence and that he had concluded that in all likelihood, this virus did in fact originate at the Wuhan lab of virology. And what was the media's response? They called him a conspiracy theorist. They called him a liar. He was spreading misinformation. So Pompeo and the um, Department of State, they led the effort to hunt down the COVID lab theory. Um, And Joe Biden came into office. And he shut it down. He shut it down. So they'd already been looking into this. They had gathered the evidence that told them that this originated in a Wuhan lab of virology. And rather than continuing with the research that had already been conducted, he shut it down and started anew. Now, they gave all kinds of the usual excuses for this. You know, they said that, you know, Trump was cherry picking information. They were just trying to tie this to China for political reasons. You know, they'd say anything they could to denounce this and discredit it. So this is from CNN on May 26, 2021. President Joe Biden's team shut down a closely held State Department effort launched late in the Trump administration to prove the coronavirus originated in a Chinese lab over concerns about the quality of its work. See, there they go, dismissing it. Well, you know, the State Department's research, uh, you know, they, they, it wasn't high quality work. It wasn't. We, we can't trust what the Trump administration was doing. So we're going to do our own investigation. So they terminated it in, in the spring of 2021. And of course, uh, there continued to be great interest in the origins of this. And Joe Biden He, he instructed the Department of Energy to conduct an investigation into this. Now, you might not know this. The Department of Energy, really, the DOE, it, it's known as the Department of Everything. Do you know what the Department of Energy is, resp- is responsible for overseeing in the country? Biolabs. That's right. The Department of Energy is responsible for overseeing this very research And these very facilities that are conducting these secretive and controversial experiments like gain-of-function research. So the State Department didn't have a conflict of interest when it was investigating the lab leak, right? So Biden comes in and he scratches the entire investigation and he hands the investigation over to who? The very people responsible for overseeing that type of research. He asked the Department of Energy to investigate itself. What could possibly go wrong? Do you see the issue here? This isn't objective. You're asking the criminals to conduct an investigation on themselves and then to come back and tell you that they're guilty or innocent. Gee, I wonder what response you're going to get. And that's what you got from the Department of Energy. The same thing. I mean, look, you know, even Fauci, 
you know, has on occasion said, look, you know, I don't see any evidence. You know, I mean, he's kind of changed his tune over time. In the very beginning, he said, there's no evidence to support the Wuhan lab theory. And then he's, he's come out in additional interviews and kind of said, well, I have an open mind. It's a theory. I haven't seen the evidence. I'm certain that it's, you know, it was naturally occurring, but that's something that's possible. So the whole point of this is that they're riding the fence. I mean, they're telling you essentially that, that you're not going to learn anything in the end. They're going to say, well, there's not enough information to determine conclusively that it came from a Wuhan lab. And because of that, we don't know. That's where this investigation is intended to take us to nowhere. So our media, I really was upset by this captain because I really, you know, they're doing a disservice. It's kind of like the left when they say the, you know, the walls are closing in on Trump every time they say that, you know, they've got him and that they get the left all riled up and ready to put, you know, orange Trump in an orange jumpsuit to match his skin color. I mean, you know, they say that about Trump. He's orange man, right? And then it never happens. And our media is doing the same thing right now. And look, I'm not here to be a, a, you know, Debbie Downer. But, you know, I got to be realistic with you and explain what's going on, because these expectations that they seem to be trying to set, I mean, that, that, they're being thoroughly dishonest, whether they intend to or not. So anyway, I just want to get into this because we can't forgive these people for what they've done. Cue up cut one, Captain. I want you to hear the media. So you're hearing the media bring people on to entertain the idea that this is, in fact, uh, uh, you know, the origins of the virus were a Wuhan lab. Okay, and you do have the Department of Injury saying there's, you know, a low likelihood that it happened. So they're at least acknowledging that it's not a conspiracy theory now. Right. I mean, I guess that's I mean, that's some improvement from what it was. But this is what they were saying, um, you know, back when Trump was saying that it came from a lab. Play cut one, Captain. Go been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. New York Times reports this, quote, senior Trump administration officials have pushed American spy agencies to hunt for evidence to support an unsubstantiated theory that a government lab in Wuhan, China, was the origin of the coronavirus outbreak. That's according to current and former American officials. The effort comes as President Trump escalates a campaign to blame China for the pandemic. Some intel analysts are concerned that the pressure from the administration officials will distort assessments about the virus and that they could be used as a political weapon in an intensifying battle with China over a disease that has infected more than three million people across the globe. The so these are the same people that told you that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't real. They told you that Trump collusion was real. And they're telling you and we're telling us that this was also a baseless conspiracy theory. So you can you can you can, you know, take it to the bank that whenever these people say something is a conspiracy theory, they're lying and trying to cover it up. Basically, the opposite of what the media says is, in fact, reality. And, you know. As soon as Trump came out and said this came from Wuhan, I mean, can we just say one more thing here, Captain? The two competing theories were this. There's a Wuhan lab of virology in China that is doing research, gain-of-function research, on bat coronaviruses. And down the street, there's a wet market where they sell bats. Now, where could, what's the... What's the most likely origin of this COVID-19 virus? The lab down the street that was conducting research on creating coronaviruses like this or the bat in the wet market? Naturally, Fauci chose the bat in the wet market. I'll say this about Fauci too. You know, this wouldn't be the first time Fauci displayed uh, his low IQ. Back in 1983 or 84, remember, he's Mr. AIDS guy, right? Mr. AIDS guy, right? Never, never came up with a, a vaccine for that either. But anyway, so the AIDS guy, Dr. Fauci, when the, in the middle of the AIDS epidemic, he, his big theory about AIDS was that it was spread via close contact as within households. So you're putting little Susie to bed. Well, either of you could give each other AIDS because you touched each other. That was his theory. 
Now we know AIDS is not spread that way. HIV is not spread that way. But that's what Fauci said. So Mr. Brilliant Fauci, yes, AIDS is, is if you shake my hand, you're going to get AIDS. That's Dr. Fauci. The, the idea that this guy is some brilliant scientist is, is a joke. He is not. These people get put on pedestals and they are media creations. And it defies the reality of their failure. I mean, that's the thing. Trump had all these successes and the media told you he was a failure. Biden has nothing but failures and the media just tells you what an epic success he is. This is how it operates. Shaping reality for, for people. Not ours, though. We're living in the real world. So, all right. So on top of that, so Fauci went to National Geographic in March immediately to dismiss this claim that the, the virus came from a Wuhan lab. Trump said it and everyone freaked out and tried to, 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 to deny it, to downplay it, to dismiss it like they always did. And emails came out later from Fauci. And one of the emails was from the EcoHealth Alliance to Fauci, thanking him for denying and dismissing the claim that it came from a virus. Isn't that an interesting thing? Because later we learned, of course, that Fauci gave them the money to research the gain-of-function research that led to COVID-19. And then he is doing them a favor, of course, by saying, no, 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 don't look over there. Look at the wet market. So go ahead and queue up cut two and play it, Captain. This is Fauci. He was interviewed. And, uh, well, just listen to it. It's about a minute long. On lab. And this email thanked you uh, for basically saying you believed that the origins of the coronavirus were natural. This email said, quote, I want, wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from bat to human spillover not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That email was April 18th. Now, there are some of your critics who say this shows you have too cozy of a relationship with the people behind the Wuhan lab research. What do you say to that? Oh, that's nonsense. I don't even see how they get that from that email. That email was sent to me from them. I have always said, and will say today to you, John, that I still believe the most likely uh, origin is from an animal species to a human but I keep an absolutely open mind that. Well, there it goes, you know, but he keeps an absolutely open mind. So do you see how this evidence in this case is building against Fauci? He immediately comes out and says, you know, it couldn't have originated. In, and that's how, har how harsh the terms were. He said, you know, there was no evidence to support the Wuhan lab leak theory. And then he gets email from EcoHealth Alliance, who we know funded via the U.S. government and Fauci, the gain-of-function research at this very lab that was responsible for creating the COVID-19 virus. And they thank Fauci for going on the record and, and saving their, a, their, their AWSs. <clears throat> um, so I, I want to get into uh, these, these comments by uh, John Kirby and Jake Sullivan. Because I want you to see how, how, how while, while, you know, our media is using this, uh, you know, recent report to say that, see, we told you. So. And look, it did originate in a Wuhan lab. That, that, that we've known that the whole time. But my point is, the media and this report is not saying that. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying that this originated in a wet market. It absolutely originated in the Wuhan lab of virology. And the U.S. government and Fauci absolutely helped create it. But the media is not saying that still. Okay. Uh, get cut. Get queue up cut three, Captain. So this is John Kirby. Uh, you know, he's a he's a he's actually, you know, he's a, he's a pretty reliable propagandist for this administration. He lies about all things from balloons to Afghanistan. Every debacle that Joe Biden has, John Kirby's your man to go out there and run interference for the media, especially when it's it's a little bit more advanced. And, you know, the diversity hire over there, uh, Mophead, the Moppet, um, Karine Jean-Pierre, that's right. She obviously gets very flustered. Uh, she can't answer any questions. It's very embarrassing. So John Kirby, on occasions like this, steps in and helps her out. Um, so here's John Kirby answering questions about this recent report from the Department of Energy. All right, go ahead and play it, Captain. Go. 
Without uh, weighing in one way or the other on origin of, of the virus, you've made clear that there's no consensus. Does the president believe, though, that the reward outweighs the risk when it comes to gain-of-function research? Does the reward outweigh the risk when it comes to gain of that type I of research? Got a history degree. You're going to have to say that again. Does the president believe that this type of gain-of-function research is prudent? He believes that um, it's important to help prevent future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening obviously um, but he also believes and 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 this is why he wants the the whole of government effort here to understand it um, that that research has to be done must be done in a safe and secure manner as and as transparent as possible to the rest of the world so that so people know what's going on so I think that's a fancy way of saying yes I, I don't know if you caught that, Captain. This clip should be played everywhere all day long right now. Because what John Kirby just said is that the administration supports gain-of-function research and thinks it's important and valuable. This is a massive scandal just out of John Kirby's mouth. The whole point all throughout this was that our government was not funding gain-of-function research, that it was dangerous. Fauci denied, denied, denied that his department funded any gain-of-function research. Now, he played around with the language and terminology and tried to, to wiggle his way out of it the best he could, but the whole point that they made was that we don't do this kind of thing. And you just had John Kirby say... The exact opposite, that we support gain-of-function research and we think it's valuable. This is a huge... Basically, he just skipped over the entire scandal. He skipped over the entire scandal. And what he's doing here is he's skipping the part where we're outraged and asking these questions about what the heck just happened. What is our government doing? Now the narrative is, yeah, this is good and we support it. Gain-of-function is important research. No, Gain-of-function research, since at least 2014, even prior, has been very controversial in the United States of America. And I've got, well, article after article after article in front of me that I want to go through about the dangers of this. Because the problem with gain-of-function research is that while it purports to be preventing future pandemics, it actually can create a pandemic as it just did. So now John Kirby's position, because let me tell you this. We've got biolabs in Ukraine. We've got biolabs all around Russia. We've got biolabs all over the world. We've got biolabs in all 50 states. But don't take it from me. Don't take it from me, okay? Let me, let me go through a few articles with you here. This is from the Scientific American in 2014. Here's the headline. Bio-unsafety level three. Could the next lab accident result in a pandemic? 2014, you've got the Scientific American with a headline saying, could the next lab accident result in a pandemic? Which, of course, goes on to discuss a lab accident that had just occurred. So let me read some pull quotes from this. There had to be a sinking feeling in the chest of every researcher who works in a high containment research laboratory last Friday when the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released its report on three worrisome incidents that raised safety questions at two well-respected government facilities. On Friday, Director Tom Frieden revealed that someone in the CDC's influenza, influenza division had accidentally contaminated a vial of a relatively mild bird flu virus with the worst one known, H5N1. The Atlanta-based CDC then shipped the vial to unsuspecting researchers at the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Southeast Poultry Research Laboratory up the road in Athens, Georgia, who used its contents to infect some unlucky chickens. The stated scientific aim for such experiments is to speed up the de detection 
of naturally occurring viruses that might acquire these more dangerous skills in the wild. But the end result is the formation of nasty pathogens with the potential to trigger disastrous flu pandemics if they were ever to escape the confines of the labs. After all, in its wild form, H5N1 kills about 60% of the people it infects. That was 2014. 2015, you ready for this? USA Today. Inside America's secretive biolabs. Huh, how about that, huh? Vials of bioterror bacteria have gone missing. Lab mice infected with deadly viruses have escaped. And wild rodents have been found making nests with research waste. Cattle infected and universities' vaccine experiments were repeatedly sent to slaughter and their meat sold for human consumption. A USA Today network investigation reveals that hundreds of lab mistakes, safety violations, and near-miss incidents have occurred in biological laboratories coast-to-coast in recent years, putting scientists, their colleagues, and sometimes even the public at risk. A team of reporters who work for the USA Today network of Gannett newspapers and TV stations identified more than 200 of these high-containment lab facilities in all 50 states. Let me read that one more time. Their investigation identified more than 200 of these high containment lab facilities in all 50 states. That means Hawaii. That means Alaska. 200 of them. There are only 50 states. That's multiple. That's enough to have multiple biolabs in each state. Do you know where these facilities are? Do you know what they're doing? And let me tell you something. COVID-19 is not the worst thing they've come up with. And, it, and we're lucky. We are very lucky that COVID-19 was not the worst thing released upon the public. Because we could all be dead. And yet the research continues. Now here's the thing. This research was so contested and so dangerous that after incidents in two thousand well, prior to 2014, increased worry, you actually had a moratorium put on gain-of-function research. And so for three years, it was shut down because experts were saying this is not safe. There's too many incidents. Uh, there's, there's issues happening. And we need to get the security protocols and everything shored up before we continue with this research. And then in 2017, the moratorium was lifted, but it had additional guidelines to make it harder to get approval for these types of experiments. Let's continue with these. And we're going to stick with this a little longer, but, but I will point this out. This is from an AP article on October 4th, 2018. Russia claims U.S. running secret bioweapons lab in Georgia. Let me repeat that. Russia claims U.S. running secret bioweapons lab in Georgia. Oh, that's just propaganda, right? Total propaganda. The Russians are always lying. They're just all, you mean like our government? Do you realize that our government is not much better than Russia's? I mean, you know, at one time it was. Look, I'm a pro-American guy. I love this country. But, you know, we can't continue living in this naivete that what's happened to every other country in, in world history has happened here. And that is the worst among us, the most corrupt among us, the most power hungry among us, the most dangerous and evil amongst us. Well, they've all risen to positions of power and they're using those positions in power to harm other people. So anyway, Russia's defense ministry said Thursday that the United States appeared to be running a clandestine biological weapons lab in the country of Georgia, allegedly flouting international conventions and posing a direct security threat to Russia. Allegations the Pentagon angrily rejected. Now, <laughs> now, now the Pentagon was lying here, and I'll tell you why. I'll go on in this article. 
So the allegations were based largely on materials about the U.S.-funded Richard G. Luger Center for Public Health Research in Georgia. Kirilov claimed the documents released by former Georgian State Security Minister Igor Georgadze showed the facility was funded entirely by the U.S. and the Georgian ownership it has on paper was a cover. Pentagon spokesman Eric Pahan strongly rejected those claims, calling them an invention of the imaginative and false Russian disinformation campaign against the West. Pahan said the U.S. is not developing biological weapons in the Luger Center. He said the lab, a joint human and veterinary public health facility, was owned and operated by the Georgian National Center for Disease Control and Public, not the United States. Now, whether that's true or not, it's possible that Georgia owned it and we just had a, an agreement with them to work in this lab. But this is the way our government is shadily operating around the world, right? So in the case of Fauci, right, we, we, we might, you know, if you can't do the research here, well, what do you do? You go through the EcoHealth Alliance and they fund the research that you're forbidden from doing here at home in China. We don't own the Wuhan lab, but we're working inside the Wuhan lab by funding this research. So we're conducting the research, but we can say, oh, the U.S. government's not doing this. And they've been saying that. Um, you know, remember all those claims, Captain, from the Russians not too long ago, and Tucker ran with it and everyone else, and they condemned Tucker, and everyone who said it is a liar. Basically, Russia said, you know, there are all these bioweapons labs that the U United States is operating in Ukraine. And that was a conspiracy theory. Just a conspiracy theory. So it was such a conspiracy theory that this is the message the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine put out in response. Anyway, April, actually, sorry. This is before that. This is long before that. April 22nd, 2020. The U.S. Embassy would like to set the record straight regarding disinformation spreading in some circles in Ukraine that mirrors Russian disinformation regarding the strong U.S.-Ukrainian partnership to reduce biological threats. Here in Ukraine, the U.S. Department of Defense's Biological Threat Reduction Program works with the Ukrainian government to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concern in Ukrainian government facilities. Oh, no, the U.S. doesn't have any, any of these facilities in Ukraine. We just have a joint agreement with Ukraine, you know, to do this research. But it's not that, you know, it's just it's it's just consolidate and secure pathogen. It's not a bioweapons facility. We're just working, you know, with these with these viruses and things. But, you know, it's 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 for re purely research purposes. OK, go ahead and queue up real quick. Uh, cut six. I want you to hear Jake Sullivan because um I played those clips between Kirby and him out of order. I want to play Jake Sullivan first because this is Jake Sullivan. So when I'm telling you our media is lying, uh, or at best they're mistaken, you know, uh, uh, about, about what this Department of Energy report really means, well, here you have the Biden administration explaining what it means. And what it means is it means nothing. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. Go. Oh, I want to ask about a new Wall Street Journal report out this morning that a classified intelligence report from the Department of Energy concludes that the coronavirus pandemic most likely did not emerge naturally, but it did come from a laboratory leak. Did the coronavirus pandemic start in a lab? Is that what you believe now? Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. And one of the things in that Wall Street Journal report, uh, which I can't confirm or deny, but I will say the reference to the Department of Energy, President Biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment because he wants to put every tool at use uh, to be able to figure out what happened here. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. But right now, there is not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community on this question. 
Well, there you go. Did you hear him admitting? Yes, actually, this did originate in a Wuhan lab. No, he did not do that. He's on the fence and he's just running interference. So this is what you're going to get. You're not going to get anything. What they're trying to do here amidst all of this Obviously, the, the, the spotlight's been on Biden about corruption in his family as it relates to China, Ukraine, and everywhere else around the world, and his corrupt family dealings that, you know, selling out, you know, this country to the highest bidder. Well, he has an image problem right now, and, that's that, and that is that he looks weak against China. So Joe Biden, of course, has to play, put on this active theater, right? Just forget about the fact that he canceled and dismantled the previous program put in place to investigate the origins of the virus, Biden's come in and he has ordered the Department of Energy, ordered the Department of Energy to get to the bottom of this, and the Department of Energy just got to the bottom of it, and they don't know. They still don't know. There's a low likelihood that it came from a Wuhan lab. That's what they've gotten to the bottom of. And of course, he promises that if anything comes to light, he'll make sure the American people know. That's right. The most transparent administration in American history. When have these people ever left us in the dark? When have they ever led us astray? When have they ever lied to us? I have complete faith in the Biden administration to tell us the truth about the origins of this virus and our involvement in creating it. Because after all, he is bringing in the national biolabs. He's including them in this process because after all, why would you not include our own biolabs in investigating a biolab hazard and escape? So there you have it. So don't, 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 don't sit there and, 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 and you know, this is not the thing to get excited about in terms of, of the Biden administration coming clean. So... You know, once again, Sunday night, I get some energy sometimes. I write a couple articles. I don't know when they're coming out. Uh, but anyway, they'll come out somewhere. Last week, I think they were at American Greatness and uh, American Thinker, maybe. Anyway, so I wrote about this last night. And here's, here's the questions I really want to get to the bottom of. So we know that Fauci and the U.S. government funded, funded basically, look, the U.S. government created the COVID-19 virus in conjunction with the Chinese, all right? And the reason, of course, they're covering it up and doing this is because they don't want to be guilty. But it's beyond that. Because if, if the, the public finds out that the U.S. government created the COVID-19 vaccine, wouldn't that raise a lot of questions about what other research we're doing and where these labs are? They don't want that because all of this is top secret. I mean, imagine... I don't know. You live in the middle of Indiana. And the government admits that it's conducting gain of function research that led to the creation of the COVID-19 virus that they just used to shut down the economy and destroy your business. And you find out that down the road from your farm is a, another bioweapons lab operated by the U.S. government. Are you going to feel comfortable and safe anymore? Or anywhere you go in this country, are you going to be worried about the fact that some moron is going to screw up in the lab and unleash hell on earth and kill the rest of the population? It's nuts. I mean, as much as we talk about nuclear weapons and the threat of nuclear war, I'm more worried about the threat of our own government killing its own citizens through their absolutely misguided, dangerous, indefensible little experiments via the Department of Defense or any other branch of the government that's just insane. Insane. These are evil times, truly. <clears throat> so look. Um, diddly dee. let's see here. All right, so I want to tie this into the vaccine. Can I do that, Captain? I'm going to offend a lot of people. Are you ready for this? Sit down in a comfortable chair. Keep your eyes on the road if you're, if you're driving. All right. So th this, is, this was my postulation, okay? And I'm going I'm to ask you the question like I'm asking whoever reads this article whenever it comes out, wherever it comes out. Here's the question. If you were a scientist developing a revolutionary vaccine technology intended to accelerate vaccine development from years to months, how would you test that technology? Such technology could not be put to the test without the introduction of a pathogen or a virus upon which to test it. And that virus 
would have to be put inside a human specimen so that you could have a clinical trial. Makes sense? Let me explain where I'm going with this. In July of 2020, the Washington Post reported how a secretive Pentagon agency seeded the ground for a rapid coronavirus cure. Amy Jenkins, the manager of DARPA's antibody program, said, we have been thinking about and preparing for this for a long time, and it's almost a bit surreal. Surreal indeed. Let me continue. Now, DARPA is the research arm, as I said, of the Department of Defense. It stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Now, DARPA began investing in experimental RNA technology, that would be your mRNA vaccines, in 2011. Now, do you remember, I think it was in February or March. Let me see if I have it here. It was early 2020. You know, COVID basically had just been identified as what it was. And President Trump announced that the United States was very close to a vaccine. Now, in retrospect, doesn't that strike you as bizarre, right? I don't think enough people scratch their heads like, wait, wait, wait. This virus was just announced and there's a vaccine in the works? How? How could you have a vaccine in the works for this? Show's going to go dark. We're going dark. All right. <clears throat> Not offline, you know, but it's getting dark in here. Dark places, okay? All right. So anyway, so DARPA was funding RNA technology, right? And the whole idea of this was to limit, to, to, to basically, if there was a pandemic in the future, because we've been obsessed with this apparently for, you know, 50 years, and they always talk about the Spanish flu. So they've been trying to, you know, uh, you know develop viruses and whatever else to, to prevent the future, you know, pandemic or whatever. So anyway, ADEPT. DARPA's Autonomous Diagnostics to Enable Prevention and Therapeutics Division, well, they invested $292 million in these various technologies between 2011 and 2019 to reduce timelines for vaccines. Now, by March of 2020, Moderna became the first company in the United States to conduct a clinical trial with the experimental RNA technology to stop COVID-19. March of 2020. February is when we learned it was here, essentially, or late January. And in March, Moderna's out there conducting, you know, research on this. And they weren't the only pharmaceutical company. But by the way, Moderna is the partnership between DARPA. DARPA and Moderna are the ones that work together, private-public partnership, to develop the RNA technology to begin with. Pfizer, the DARPA-funded CureVac, the CCP's... uh, People's Liberation Army Academy of Military Sciences in China and a lab at the Imperial College in London had all also conducted research. Now, I would point this out too. Like Vietnam with the Gulf of Tonkin incident, right? That's when a bunch of over-eager sonar operators during a storm told Washington, D.C. that they were under attack by North Vietnamese patrol boats with torpedoes. And then Lyndon Johnson went on the air And he announced that we were going to go to war with Vietnam. That's basically what happened. That was the escalation of the Vietnam War. But the problem was the North Vietnamese didn't attack our ships. They they were inventing it in their mind. It was their imagination because of the circumstances of the radar not working and everything else. They mistook weather and their own propellers and screwed up radar that was malfunctioning as being under attack. Now, Imperial College, which is also conducting studies on developing a vaccine, they're the ones that that gave the reports to Trump and his administration. It was a model prediction that if we didn't lock down, that as many as 2.2 million Americans were going to die for COVID. So Imperial College, their study was actually our Gulf of Tonkin incident in relation to the impetus for the lockdowns, okay? And they were also developing a vaccine. So here's the thing. The government, do you remember the government, when hydroxychloroquine and zinc were presented as effective treatment options before the vaccine, anyone who said to use those were discredited. 
even though there were already tests done even before COVID, you know, they had showed that these things worked. And certainly the science today proves definitively that hydroxychloroquine and zinc taken together, they greatly reduce the symptoms and save lives. But for some reason, the government didn't want you to do that. The government, their entire approach was focused on what? Scaring you, scaring the hell out of you and making sure that you were desperate for that vaccine when it finally came out. Their whole strategy was we can't get out of this pandemic until the vaccine's ready and then every American needs to take the mRNA technology. Which is odd, which is odd. So, I mean, they tried to mandate it and they did in many cases. The goal was to get everyone vaccinated and it was experimental and nobody knew anything about it. And to say otherwise was to lie. This had never been done before. This was simply the product of research by the Department of Defense. And they had never been able to test it before because they didn't have a pathogen to test it on. So, and and, you know, even when when it turned out that if you got COVID, you could get infected because before, remember they said, if you get the jab, you cannot contract or transmit COVID. And then when that was proven untrue, they shifted their narrative and said, well, it'll prevent, uh, reduce symptoms. So still get the, get the jab, get the jab, get the jab. Why? Why were they so persistent about us getting the jab? <clears throat> well, my postulation is, was DARPA, who had spent so much time and money, were their egos so big in terms of trying to, to finally produce this revolutionary vaccine technology? Were they so eager to test it that they did not care about any kind of health uh, health effects that could come from the vaccine and everything else because they were using the virus and the pandemic to conduct essentially a mass clinical trial on the American people? That's my question. Now, it doesn't really make sense to me that this would be intentionally released by the government, but I don't know. These are the questions. These are the questions that have to be asked. Why was this research being conducted? Why did Fauci approve it when DARPA said no? Why were we working with the communist Chinese on anything? Can you hear me, Captain? So, yeah, I mean, those are the questions. I mean, China is not a friend. Why are we working with them? And obviously, DARPA said this was too dangerous. But Fauci went ahead and gave the money anyway. And if we're funding it there, where else are we funding it? And then the question is, why was this released? Was it an accident? I mean, we, we, oh, I just, I, I just, I, you know, people who worked at the Wuhan lab of virology in 2019, well, they got sick and they were working with these COVID, this COVID-19 virus and they reported illness and the Chinese tried to cover it up. And I know that I know how the U.S. government ended up using this to basically destroy Trump's presidency, because, look, I was reading and researching and I was looking at these articles and it was interesting. Even the left wing media, they were actually admitting that the Trump economy was strong. In fact, one article, I forget where it was. It was a CNN or something like that. It was really shocking and surprising to me. They were saying that, yes, I mean, People had not had this much confidence in the economy since the 90s. And they interviewed even somebody who voted for Trump, who was a business owner, and he was just celebrating Trump. And in the article, this was like January or something like that of 2020. The one odd thing they put in there was, you know, obviously Trump's banking on his economy to get him reelected. But the only threat and concern now is, you know, if this virus can disrupt it. So we know the Democrats took this and ran with it and used it to, to, to destroy Trump and for other you know reasons as well. But that's my question. That's my question. I mean, what is the relationship between DARPA's investment in creating the mRNA technology in these vaccines 
and the creation of COVID-19? Were they created in conjunction? These are the questions I have. So I just want to get into some stuff too. Why do the Democrats love Ukraine so much? Huh? What is with their obsession with Ukraine? Well, let me read you this headline. This is from Politico, January 11th, 2017. Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. That's weird. I thought that the Russians were interfering in the election. I thought it was the Russians who were working with Trump, right? Trump-Russia collusion. Well, Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. My, my, my. A Ukrainian uh, American operative who was consulting for the Democratic National Committee met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Paul Manafort, and Russia. According to people with a direct knowledge of the situation, a daughter of Ukrainian immigrants who maintains strong ties to the Ukrainian-American diaspora and the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, Chalupa, a lawyer by training, in 2014 was doing pro bono work for another client interested in the Ukrainian crisis and began researching Manafort's role in Yanukovych's rise. She occasionally shared her findings with officials from the DNC and Clinton's campaign, Chalupa said. In January 2016, months before Manafort had taken any role in Trump's campaign, Chalupa told a senior DNC official that when it came to Trump's campaign, I felt... There was a Russia connection. How about that? She just feels it. She feel, I feel Trump's connection to Russia. I feel the corruption. I can just feel it in my fingers. And this is what the Democrats did. And they lied about it. I mean, they paid for the dossier. So there you go. Ukraine apparently was working for the DNC to try and bring down Trump. Well, there's one reason they love it. One second here. Oh, here we go. Here's another article from Politico EU. Isn't this fun? Isn't isn't this fun history and the internet and articles that live forever? The things you can do to put together the story that they're trying to hide from you. Headline, August 16th, 2017. Ukrainian MP seeks probe of Ukraine Clinton ties. Oh my. Oh my. A Ukrainian member of parliament has requested a criminal investigation into possible meddling by his country's government in last year's U.S. presidential election, claiming the interference has seriously damaged Ukrainian-American relations. In a July 24th letter to Ukraine's prosecutor general, Andrei Durkach, an independent MP who was formerly aligned with a pro-Russian party, requested that authorities launch a pretrial investigation into illegal interference in the election of a president of the United States, organized by a criminal organization. This organization, he said, consisted of senior members of the country's National Anti-Corruption Bureau, government officials, and other public figures. All right. One more, okay? One more. Why do Democrats love Ukraine? Well, Ukraine helps them. It's a friend of the Democratic Party and a punching bag for the world. A place to pour where all the corrupt people all around the world can go to launder their money. That's what it is. And in fact, you can read articles until today, until recently, until this stupid war started that said Ukraine's the most corrupt country in the world. And in fact, if you do look it up, number one would be the least corrupt country in the world. Ukraine's like number 149. They're up there with places in Africa. So riddle me that. Here's a headline. This is from The Hill on March 26, 2019. The U.S. Embassy pressed Ukraine to drop probe of George Soros group during 2016 election. This is before Trump was inaugurated. While the 2016 presidential election race was raging in America, Ukrainian prosecutors ran into some unexpectedly strong headwinds as they pursued an investigation into the activities of a nonprofit in their homeland known as the Anti-Corruption Action Center. Now, anti-corruption, as it's used by Democrats and in reference to politics in Ukraine, 
is not really anti-corruption. It's like Black Lives Matter. It's like Antifa, okay? They give it this name, but it does the opposite. Now, Anti-Corruption Action Center, guess who funded it? George Soros. Boy, he meddles everywhere, doesn't he? The focus on Antac, as it was called, whose youthful street activists famously wore Ukraine beep F corruption t-shirts, was part of a larger probe by Ukraine's prosecutor general's office into whether $4.4 million in U.S. funds to fight corruption inside the former Soviet Republic had been op- improperly diverted. So the U.S. government was actually paying this organization, like an Antifa or BLM, to create unrest in Ukraine. Do you understand how corrupt these Democrats are? How corrupt all of these governments are? How intertwined everything is? This globalist agenda to create whatever hell they want all around the world? That's what's going on. The prosecutors soon would learn the resistance they faced was blowing directly from the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, Kiev, where the Obama administration took the rare step of trying to press the Ukrainian government to back off its investigation of both the U.S. aid and the group. At the time, the nation's prosecutor general had just been fired under pressure from the United States and a permanent replacement had not been named. So anyway, Yuri Lutsenko. Now this Yuri Lutsenko, he was widely regarded as a hero in the West for spending two years in prison after fighting Russian aggression in his country. So he's not a pro-Moscow guy. Well, he was named prosecutor general. Lutsenko told The Hill, he was stunned when the ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Jovanovich, gave him a list of people whom we should not prosecute. The list included a founder of the ANTAC group and two members of parliament who vocally supported the group's anti-corruption reform agenda. It turns out the group that Ukrainian law enforcement was probing was co-founded, co-funded by the Obama administration and liberal megadonor George Soros. And it was collaborating with the FBI agents investigating then-Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. Lucinko suggested the embassy applied pressure because it did not want Americans to see who was being funded with tax dollars. The Russia-Ukraine war is many things. Nobody wishes death. Nobody wishes harm. And while it is a war, It's much more than that, and it's being used as a disguise by these same politicians to use your money and my money, hundreds of millions, billions, I should say, sorry, hundreds of billions to do things that have nothing to do with your safety, security, or prosperity. And... We have never seen a propaganda war like the Russia-Ukraine war. When it came to Vietnam, even when it came to the Iraq war, you had journalists that were eager and brave, I will say too, to catalog everything with video, to embed themselves with troops, to catch footage, to document the war. This is not happening with the Russia-Ukraine war, oddly. And I don't believe anything we're being told. We were told that the Russians were losing. The Russians are not losing. And the Russians were never going to lose because they have the third most powerful military in the world, despite the fact that their economy is not as strong. Ukraine never stood a chance. And... Zelensky, too, is a corrupt politician, perhaps the most corrupt Ukrainian president in their history. Zelensky is the Joe Biden of Ukraine. That is the truth. Now, Zelensky is guilty of all the things they claim Trump did, and yet Democrats love Zelensky. Zelensky has offshore accounts with tens of millions of dollars. He's got shady business dealings. He did not disclose certain funds, certain accounts, 
certain amounts of dollars and assets that he had when he ran for president. He kept that secret from the public. But this guy's the hero for Democrats, don't you know? And I would love to look up, Captain, when he started wearing that costume. And it is a costume. This whole thing is being fought. Public opinion is trying to be swayed and world opinion, global opinion, based on propaganda. If you look at Zelensky, when he was elected prime minister, he's a skinny guy in a suit. And at some point, I would imagine shortly after the war started, he's dressing himself like he's Fidel Castro in military fatigues. It's a ruse. We're being shaken down. And my point is, the U.S. government wants to keep its hold on Ukraine. If anybody was ever to get into Ukraine and get to the bottom of all of the many years of corruption there, it would be astonishing and shake our own democracy to its very foundation. Because Ukraine is simply a place where the most corrupt politicians in the world go to launder their money and to conduct, I don't know, experimental biolab, bioweapon research where they're not allowed to here. Ukraine is, is worse than the Wild West because it has no hope. They're not building any great future there. It is an abyss. So anyway, well, I didn't have time to get into it, Captain. I wanted to talk about and remind people about the, um, the Clinton Uranium One scandal, right? Let me do it in two minutes, two minutes. Uranium One. So back in 2005, right? Speaking of, speaking of, you know, how much the Clintons hate, you know, uh, Putin, you know, Hillary Clinton was out there on some show today calling for Putin to be assassinated. I kid you not. You know, now when Biden suggested that they, they reversed course and they all got out there and said, no, 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 he didn't mean that. He's not calling for regime change, regime change. Well, Clinton was just on the air calling for regime change, saying she hopes somebody stabs him in the back like a, a Caesar, Julius Caesar moment. But she doesn't really hate Putin. She loves Putin because because of Putin, she's very rich. Now, Uranium One, I would just remind you, um, back in 2005, Bill Clinton helped his billionaire friend, uh, Frank Justra, all right, obtain uranium mining rights in Kazakhstan, right? No one's heard of it really, but anyway, Kazakhstan had uranium mining. And so uh, this deal that was brokered by, you know, uh, Bill Clinton with his contacts and his influence well, uh, it gave Giostra's company uh, access so that this company became Uranium One. Giostra gave the Clinton Foundation tens of millions of dollars, and Uranium One controlled about a fifth of U.S. stocks of uranium, okay? Well, Putin wanted to expand his nuclear program, needed uranium. And so he had a, a parent company. I, let me see if I can see, remember what this company was called. Um... Well, it doesn't really matter, but shoot. Well, anyway, there's a Russian company, right? And they set up a parent company uh, here in the United States. And Putin instructed the, the person in charge to find somebody who could be a lobbyist to Congress, okay? And this person ended up working with the FBI. The FBI knew about all the corruption. This company in the U.S. was responsible and guilty of money laundering, uh, and all kinds of things, and they knew about it. But um, what Putin did is, Putin got the person who approved the deal to Bill Clinton's friend arrested. All right? And it caused, it, it provided an opportunity for Kazakhstan to possibly seize those those uranium mines back from him. And so the stocks plummeted. And so... um the Clinton State Department was approached by the executives of Uranium One and asked him to save the deal. And these executives gave almost $200 million to the Clinton Foundation to do this. And so for that money, Secretary of State Clinton at the time in the Obama administration, well, they worked on a deal that handed over our uranium to the Russians. 
So don't tell me for a second that, you know, these Democrats and everything else hate Russia. They don't hate Russia at all. They gave them our uranium that can be used to make nuclear weapons. So, you know, I, I, it's just, and nothing's ever happened about this, by the way. I mean, it was so bad that, you know, to get this deal approved, you know, you had to have special committees and all this sort of stuff. Congress didn't want to do it. And the FBI actually went out of their way. Uh, the DOJ went out of their way. They never disclosed to Congress or anyone approving this deal of selling our, U- U- our uranium to Russia. They never let them know that this company that we were selling it to was actually guilty of, um, of all kinds of, of, of criminal activity. So anyway, that's, that's the short of it. Captain, um, we'll see when we'll be back. I don't know. We back tomorrow, Captain? I don't know. It's to be determined, right? All right. Well, well, I loaded, loaded you guys with a lot of information. I hope it was useful and you're able to process it. But, you know, here we are. A cover-up's underway. Um, our government is doing unbelievable criminal things, and they don't want us to know about it. That's the short of it. So this is Drew Allen, your millennial, millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Drew Allen. Drew Allen. Hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom. 